Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back here on the block, halfway through our number two. Thanks for joining us here, making us a part of your Tuesday Blockheads. We love you. We appreciate you uh, and your interaction with the show. We go now to the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Welcome in uh, Steve Sipple of Early Break with Sip and Jake, writing about Nebraska football for On3. Steve, I did plan to talk some Husker football with you, but uh, you're a radio guy. You know how wrenches get thrown to those planes. You just on the fly sometimes. Let's start with this one. Some of the ugliest uniforms in sports that you can remember. Go. Oh, oh, don't do this to me on the fly. Um, what uniforms? I don't know. It's subjective. So you're just asking me what uniforms I dislike, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, God. God. Like for me, it was. Hey, it oh, was. Strick's going to kill me for this. Strick's going to kill me. Uh oh. I didn't like the Pacers. Pinstripe. Oh yeah, yeah. I still got that jersey. <laughs> I don't know why. I, maybe I thought of that because of Strick. I mean, I just didn't. I just didn't. I thought those. I never liked those. I, there's not the the ahead. old Mavericks. The old Mavericks. The ones with the uh, cowboy hats. What do you think about those? <laughs> I can barely remember them. <laughs> uh, great though. I can't. You know, there's. I guess when you ask the question. Austin, I think of a lot of uniforms I like. I mean, there's a lot of, like, I love, I've always liked the bullets configurations mm. now and going way back. Um, I also, I, I'm a guy that is traditionalist, so I like, like, Celtics, Yankees, um, those sorts of uniforms. I'm not hard to please, and I'm not too discerning. I'm not, there's not, like, some people would say, oh, like Strick would remember the White Sox uniforms when they were wearing short pants. And I thought, <laughs> I actually kind of liked them. I thought it was kind of novel. It was weird. It was in my day, Austin. You wouldn't remember it. Eric would. Um, but I thought they would wear short pants and these weird collared shirts, Austin. Like they would yeah. wear collars. I've yeah. seen the pictures at least. Yeah, I thought they were kind of neat in, in their own novel way. I just, I, I want to think of a uniform. I oh okay. I'll okay. I can okay. I got one. I intensely dislike teal. Like I don't. Hmm. I don't usually if there's a teal uniform like the Charlotte Hornets. I don't like it at all. I don't. I don't think it looks like a championship outfit to me. Um, so it. So like I'll say the Charlotte Hornets teal. That when they were when, when they're wearing teal, I don't. I think it looks terrible. Okay, I'm glad you said you know it when you see it. It doesn't look like a championship contender. That's the next place that we got distracted by the text line. I said oh. UConn's not a blue blood, even though they get their fifth national championship oh, last night. Oh, what are you night. talking about? Why would you say that, Austin? Because they're Austin. they're new to the block. I mean, since 98-99, they've been incredible. They've been fantastic. The most opportunistic men's postseason team in my lifetime, absolutely. But they didn't make a Final Four till Jim Calhoun got there, uh, barely made the Elite 80 even. So the last 30 years, absolutely. But UConn, to me, is more a new blood than they are a blue blood. Okay, I, that's not a bad take, Austin, but I still... Weren't they good enough before Calhoun? I mean, didn't they do anything before Calhoun? So I got that pulled up. Before Calhoun, 
Um, Dom Perno, D. Rowe was the coach. Those guys made one tournament each. Uh, Burr Carlson missed it. They had a good stretch under a guy named Hugh Greer. But again, no national championships to show for it. And even this, Steve, the years they weren't in the national championship game, which again, 5-0 and for the UConn men in national championship games, ultimate winners, but they've missed nine of the last 20 NCAA tournaments. Blue Bloods don't do that. You're pretty convincing right now. <laughs> New blood. New blood. Did Stricky did Stricky agree with you? I said he made a good I said he made a good case. Um you know, I, I at first I was thinking, you know what, I, I think they kinda are crossing over, but he made that case and I was like, dang, you're right. You know, even if even if a team a blue blood gets in, they normally will come in pretty high and then even if they get ousted, they they're there. Right? So right. he made a good case. He made a good case, and the best part of it is, Austin, you're right in that it's hard to consider a blue blood someone that you would just go, you'd say, goes 30 years deep. Mm-hmm. That's not probably long enough. I mean, it's not probably too far from long enough, but I don't know. That's a pretty good point. I, I, before your spiel, I would have said, yeah, they're a blue blood. But that, no, that, you made a good thank you, Austin. That's good radio. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, clearly a basketball school, clearly a great basketball program, but the standard isn't pretty good program. If you, if you want to consider them a blue blood, you're looking back at, you know, Kansas, who invented basketball, Kentucky, who's had lots of great coaches, Carolina, yeah. who's had oh, a run, Duke, UCLA. That's the standard, not, you know, Louisville, Arizona, Syracuse, good basketball programs. But again, if they're not one of the first five, six schools you name when you think of, you know, name a college basketball team. That to me is part of the standard too. Let's give them new blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood. they could yeah. be part of that crew. Yeah, uh, blue blood trying to get to that a new blood trying to get in that blue blood neighborhood, but the right. blue bloods are not all that welcoming right now. Sip, I want to address something um, that was put on the uh, YouTube stream by uh, Josh Nielsen. Uh, he says, does that mean that Nebraska football, because we were going back and forth on, you know, some football and, and different things as well. He says, does does that mean that Nebraska football is no longer a blue blood since we don't have a conference championship since 99? No, they're still, Nebraska's still blue blood. Um, no, they're blue blood. You don't, it's harder, I think, to lose blue blood status. It's hard to lose blue blood status. Once you're a blue blood, it, it takes a long time to lose it. That's that's what I would say. I'm not going. I don't think I need to go any further. I, I think it's hard to lose your blue blood status. Deservedly hard to earn. Deservedly hard to lose. Again, you know it when when you see it. When you you've been there. You've done that. Uh, talking to Steve Sipple here of Early Break with Sip and Jake, you here right here on 93.7 The Ticket. Uh, let, let's turn our focus from the history to to this year's team. Uh, EJ Barthel, Ed Foley, uh, the specialist talking after practice today. Uh, I want to want to start with the the special teams aspect of it. Improvement from Nebraska special teams uh, last year from the two years before that. How does Nebraska keep that improvement going in that third phase this year? Starts with the punter. I mean, you know, the punter. You have stability there. I'm not saying he has to improve. He can improve. We're talking about Brian Buscini, and he averaged 44 yards a punt last year, which was 25th nationally. I mean, if I'm start, I, I just start there because you take for granted 
Buscini and that stability, then go from there. Pretty good at kicker with Bleak Road, Timmy, who was nine for twelve on field goals, didn't kick many, and and they didn't they didn't kick long field goals. Um, and he was thirty four of thirty five on extra points. That's good, solid. They didn't have. How do you improve? Okay, I'll just get to your question instead of going through all the stats. It, return game is where you can improve. You can you definitely can improve kickoff return, and you can re- improve punt return. They, had a, they averaged a big number, but they didn't have many returns. So, I mean, Bill Bush did an excellent job with special teams mm-hmm. um, before he took over the defense, um, and it can, but it can get better. I mean, there's they, they could take another step. But I do think it starts with Bushini being Bushini, you know, and having that reliability there. That's your bell cow. That's your that's your star. You don't want your star to drop off, and I don't think he will. He's having a good Bushini's having a good spring. Now it might also involve Christian Alvano, you know, the right. West Side kick, who will come in. Christian Alvano, you know, from Omaha West Side, record breaking kicker at Omaha West Side, will come in. And challenge Bleak Road, I would think it would be good if he did because they need competition. Bushini's not getting pushed. I, and I hate to say that. He's just not. But that's full. Ed Foley said that today. Um, they have a backup punter named Jacob Hole, who's a Lincoln Southwest graduate and a Wesleyan, a, a former Wesleyan player, who's, a, I, you know, he can uncork a punt, but, you know, he's not on Bushini's level. The way Foley put it, is Bushini's working toward getting in the NFL. And Jacob Hole is working towards getting on a college football field. So um, there you have it. But, they, you know, that was a good operation. You know, their, 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 their long snapper holder operation was strong. They didn't have problems with the long snapper on punts. So I don't know. Just keep the consistency in those areas and get more pop out of the return game is what I'd say. Billy Kemp working at punt return. Are there any other candidates for that? Will Billy Kemp also return kicks? Who are some of those candidates? Oh, I didn't see, you know, I was watching those. I was watching that, those units today. and I didn't see Kemp returning kickoffs. He might've been in a lower unit, um, but he's definitely in the, he's definitely probably, you know, he's a, one of the leading guys in the punt returner category. Um, Isaiah, well, let's start at kickoff return. I think today, if they started, if they played tomorrow, it looked to me like you'd see Grant out there, Anthony, as a kickoff return man, and Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. Um, now, there's guys, there's other guys working back there. Ramirez working back. Ramirez was working back there. Now, notable by his absence as a kickoff return man was Tommy Hill. He's not working back there. He's working on special teams, but not in a return man role. Um, so I'd say Grant and Garcia Castaneda are kickoff return, lead kickoff return candidates. Billy Kemp is a definite lead punt return candidate. I'd say Xavier Betts is in the return man com- um, conversation. Betts was prominent today. Elliot Brown was prominent today. Oh, I'm trying to think who else I saw back there. Those are the main guys. I mean, those are the main guys. I'm probably missing I'm probably missing one, but those are the those are that's about all of them. 
you mentioned Grant and Garcia Castaneda. Uh, Grant, especially, we know the role he played for Nebraska's offense last year. Garcia Castaneda up and down had a good game against Northwestern before ultimately transferring. Do you think they're back there because the coaches like what else they have in that room and they want to find ways to get those guys on the field? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I don't, I think it's because they're their, they're their best returners. I mean, I think it's more, I think it could be more about that than anything. Now Garcia Castaneda didn't end up transferring. He went into the portal, but, but then decided to come back. He looks slimmer. A lot of the guys do actually. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're just trying, Hey, come on. I mean, you're just trying to find the best guy. Um, and there's not, I don't know who, I don't know that there's too many people you rule out. I mean, that you'd keep off the team because you're worried about him hurt, getting hurt or whatever. You're just going with your best guys. I mean, Billy Kemp's back there. Billy Kemp is, I, I mean, right now, if I were to bet, I'd bet he's going to lead them in receptions and, and he'll probably be their punt returner. Remember, he was, he's the only player in Virginia program history to start four straight years as a punt return man. Um, so, you know, Billy Kemp would be the odds-on favorite to do it here. The other big news out of Nebraska football this week is Frank Solich making his return for the spring game. Just what does that mean for the program and for the state to have Frank Solich back? Well, I think it means a lot a lot of different things. I mean, I you know, what you hear a lot about, and I think there's validity to it is, you know, the healing part of it. Um. I don't know. I think I think there's people that feel guilty that he was ran out of town um, with a 58-19 record, and you know there's still now there's still people that are pretty unapologetic about it. They say, look, he was 58-19, but he followed 60-3. and You know, he followed three national championships in four years, and it was all set up for him. And he threw a seven and seven out there. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I never thought he should be fired. I was in that camp. I never, I, I did not think he should be fired. Um, but whatever, it's all water under the bridge. I think it's, I think a lot of it's just honoring a good man. I mean, someone who was a great player, you're a great player. Um, you know, first, first running back with 200 yards at Nebraska, all big eight player for Bob Devaney, then became a premier running backs coach. I mean, he was, you know, what Milt Teniper was the offensive line coaching, Frank was the running back coaching and had a long run. It was a great recruiter and did so much for the program as a running backs coach. And then was handpicked to succeed Osborne. So it, yeah, it's a healing. I think a lot of it is healing, but some of it's just honoring a, a good man and be someone who's meant a lot, meant so much to the program. Last thing before we let you go here, Steve, two and a half weeks, give or take, uh, between now and the Nebraska spring game. What are you monitoring from Nebraska spring practice? What do you have your eye on to or your ear on to, to see and hear over the next couple weeks? Well, a lot. I mean, there's, of course, you're, you wonder about the quarterback position. Um, with Casey out, Casey Thompson not practicing. You know, he's in a yellow jersey, so he's out there. But he's not throwing. We're very limited. I mean, he was throwing a couple last week. He threw a little bit. Um, but what's so? What's Jeff Sims look like? And and come on, I mean, this is, I mean, this is an intense. I would characterize this as a very intense time for someone like Heinrich Harburg. Hmm. This is this is his chance now. You know, Saturday was a big opportunity for him. 
in the scrimmage to make a move. I don't know what I don't know what that looked like. I would have loved to see it. I didn't see it. Um, so guys like Heinrich Harburg, this is big for. There's a lot of guys who have already made a big impression on this staff that have clearly benefited from a new staff. Gabe Irvin, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, Gabe Irvin's one of those guys. I'd say the entire offensive line is kind of that. They have kind of a new life with this staff. Rule has on a few occasions spoke and said that that, that wasn't the problem. The, the offensive line is going to be fine. It, it was fine. And it's going to be fine. I'd say that group, and you know, Donnie Donnie Rayola included, has kind of new life. Um, I'm trying to think of someone else you'd put in that kind of category of new life. That that um, I don't know, but that's that's kind of what I have my eye on. Um, there's players that need to step up big time in the absence of Mathis and Garrett Nelson, um, and and now um, ah, who's the other guy that they lost? There? Tanner. Yeah, thank you, Caleb Tanner, who was at practice today. Yeah, there's guys like Jamari Butler and Blaze Gunnerson. Um, it's time. Just see, the, see, Eric knows. Eric played, and he understands that sometimes for an athlete, it's just time now. It's got to happen. Yeah. If it doesn't, then, then, you know, it may never. And there's some guys like that over there right now. It's it, It's got to happen for them, and it's got to happen for them individually, and it's got to happen for the team. You know, if they're going to help the team and the team's going to, if it's going to be a salty defense, there are some guys that need to step up now. It's Steve Sippel, early break with Sip and Jake and Coach Bill Bush. Also read his work uh, at Husker Online. Steve, appreciate the insight as always. Uh, keep up the good work and we'll catch up with you next week. Thank you for having me, guys. Anytime. Once again, Steve Sippel, our own Steve Sippel with us here on the block. We'll step aside, get you set up for old school, cross it over with the crew when we get back.